good to see all of you here this morning. You know what? Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to be a good day. Okay, and here's the kicker now. Say, because you are sitting next to me. <laughs> so it's, it's a good day because you are sitting to someone special. Yes? So it's good to see all of you here this morning. It is always good to come together on a Sunday morning into the house of God because God really wants to speak. Amen? You believe that or not? God wants to speak this morning. God wants to speak to your heart. And you know what? It's Christmas season. And then, of course, uh, Christmas season is always a time where you're supposed to, you know what, uh, get into yourself, quiet yourself, be reflective. At least that's what Germans do. And so uh, the, the whole time until now, everything that we did was actually quite, quite stressful. <laughs> Ever been there? Especially on Christmas time, where it's supposed to be uh, really uh, focused on what's most important, but it is the time when it is the most stressful. Ever been there? And so, you know what? I went back to the Christmas story and I read through it, and there it says, peace on earth, joy to the world, peace on earth. And I thought, you know what? That is a very, very good message because very often, especially in this season, in this time of year, there is no peace. There's stress, there's worry, there's all kinds of things going on. So I am here to tell you this morning, peace on earth, and we're going to talk about how we can overcome anxiety. How we can overcome anxiety. And I'm con going to continue in the, in the series that I have been preaching, Hush Now. And if you remember, the first time I talked about, we talked about how we can overcome limitations. Limitation is shortcomings in us. How can we overcome? By letting Jesus take our place. Second time I preached about was how we can overcome obstacles. Obstacle is something that is blocking you, hindering you from achieving your goals that you have before God. And today we're going to talk about how we can overcome anxiety. And the whole reason why I um, want to preach about this is because I read an article in the Star newspaper where it talks about anxiety. And to my surprise, now this is from Malaysia. A statistic from Malaysia. It's not America. It's not somewhere in Europe. This is the statistic about Malaysia. That 29.2% of Malaysians suffer anxiety disorder. That is one in three. Imagine that 30% of Malaysians live a life of anxiety. And anxiety disorder is not just a bit stressful, a bit here and there, but it's to a place that they cannot function properly and they have to go and find help because of the anxiety, the worry and the stress that they have in their life. And I was wondering if 30% of Malaysians suffer from anxiety, how many of us are a little bit affected with that as well? You know what, I was talking to my mom, my parents are here, I was talking to my mom throughout the week and she said, you know what, there is a stigma, especially in Germany, there's a stigma that as a good Christian, you cannot suffer from depression. You cannot have anything going on, you cannot worry so much, you have to have faith in God and as soon as you uh, admit that you suffer from depression or if you admit that you worry, that is like, oh, but you are a Christian, how can 
And I was wondering how many of us are actually worried inside, but we are shy to talk about it. How many of us are worried and stressed inside to a point that we say, God, I really don't know what I can do to come out of this. Maybe even to the point of depression. But here, uh, I'm here to tell you this morning that God is there. And he wants us to live a life of peace. Amen. Philippians 4 verse 7 says, Then you will experience God's peace. That is the New Living Translation. Then you will experience God's peace, which will exceed anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. Now, if you look at the scripture, it says, then you will experience. Now, when it says then, then we have to look at the previous uh, verse because then it gives you the key how we can experience the peace of God. So if we go in for Philippians, uh, Philippians 4, chapter 4, verse 6, then we see it says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. So thanking God and remembering the things that He has done for us is the key of experiencing peace. Amen. So if we are in a place in our life where we don't have peace, where we feel stress or even anxious, we can come to the place and say, you know what? The Bible says, give thanks in all things. Pray to God and remember the things that he has done for us. Then we will experience the peace that exceeds all understanding. Amen? So this morning I'm here to tell you that we can experience peace. That we don't have to live in anxiety that we don't have to live in stress, that we don't have to live in a place where we don't know what's going on because God wants to give us his peace. Amen? The whole reason why I'm, I'm calling this hush now this series is because I have come across scriptures in the Bible where people had to just hush, where they couldn't say anything. And today that scripture is taken from Acts chapter 3, and even some parts of chapter 4. And we're going to go That is quite a bit of scripture. But I believe we have to read quite a bit of it to get really the understanding of the whole situation. So we're going to start reading Acts chapter 3. And we start in verse 1. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in the 3 o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried in. Each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called Beautiful Gate, so he could beg from the people going into the, the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at, look at us. The, lamb, the lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you. But I give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Now we're going to skip down to verse 12. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why do you stare at us, though he has made this man walk by the power of God? For it is God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all ancestors, who has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. 
This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate, despite Pilate's decision to release him. Now we're going to go into chapter 4, verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest and the temple guards and some of the Sadducees. The leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching to the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection from the dead. They arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, and so their number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. Go down to verse 16. What should we do with these men? Now these are the leaders talking. They asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them to not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. So they called the apostles back and commanded them never again to speak and teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything that he has done, what we have seen and heard. The council then threatened them further, but they still and finally uh, let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Okay, now it's a long scripture. Basically what happened is Peter and John going to the temple. There's the layman. They heal the layman. Now he can walk. A big commotion breaks out. Everybody is astounded because it has not happened before. Something like this is not seen every day. And then they start to preach. And then the leaders take them and throw them into jail. And now this is a time, I believe, of course, where they are set for them to be a bit stressed. I mean, after all, now they're in prison. They are overnight in prison. Then the, the leaders speak to them and threaten them not to speak of Jesus ever again. In other words, they said, you know what? Hush. You cannot talk about Jesus anymore. You know what? If you look into the original text, when they say they threaten them not to speak of Jesus again, sometimes the English is a little bit weak. And so the translation, if we read over it, they threaten them. It means like physically threaten them, warning them that physical punishment would come upon them if they did not listen to them. So they would not just say, you know what? Don't talk about it. Never mind, people starting to stir up. You know what? Don't talk about it. You know, just keep it on, on the down low. No, they threaten them saying, you know what? If you speak of this again, you're going to be thrown in jail. Now, this is a time where they could say, you know what? This is a time where we can get stressed. Maybe even anxious because we don't know what's going to happen. We know that we have to speak about Jesus because that is our conviction. But they threatened us that we cannot speak of him again. And so they are at a point where they had to decide what kind of life they would want to live. Would they follow the command of the leaders or would they follow their conviction? And I am here to tell you this morning, the first point that we can learn from Peter and John is that we cannot compromise our convictions. If we want to live a life free of anxiety, we cannot compromise our conviction. 
We have to come to a place and say, God, no matter what, even though I don't understand what's going on right now, I don't know what will happen in the future, but I will not compromise of what I know is right. I'm going to live my life how God wants me to live. Verse 18 and 20, so they called the apostles back and commanded them never again to speak or to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. They were not willing to compromise. Amen. Even though now they were put in a position where there was pressure put against them. They were threatened to be thrown in jail, but still they said, no, we will not compromise. So we have to come to a point in our life and say, God, we will not compromise our beliefs. Because I believe at the end of the day, that is what really helps us to live a life of peace. Not compromising. So if we are worried about finances, don't compromise and look for an easy way out. Or I have a business, if I just cut some corners here and there, make a deal under the table, this will bring financial blessing to me. Don't compromise. Do what you know is right. Live a life of integrity. And that is the source of peace. Amen? Where we know that we have right standing before God. That we can say, you know what, I'm a man, I am a woman of integrity. That is our source of peace because that is when God can really come in. If we are worried about our children, don't compromise. Stand for what you know is right, the way that you bring them up. Oh, but everybody else is doing it. Everybody else lets them do this and that. No, do what you know is right. What you have the conviction in your heart. When I was growing up, there was one unspoken rule in the Ficus household. That is, no matter how long you stay out on Saturday night, Sunday morning is church. There was something that my parents never told me, but it was something that is understood. We come to church. That is a time that we set aside for God. No matter how long we have been out partying with our friends, we come to the house of God. Amen? So don't compromise. That is the source of our peace. If we are worried about career, our career, don't compromise. Don't try to cut corners. Step over other people to get ahead. That is not the way. That is a source of anxiety. If you want to live in peace, we have to live a life of integrity. Amen? And it's not easy. It's not easy to stand up for what is right. Sometimes it takes character. It takes uh, somebody strong to stand up and to do what is right. It is easier to go with the flow. It is easier to just go with what everybody else is doing. But that is, shows who we really are. If we are willing to stand up even though pressure comes against us. Amen. So stand up for what is right and know that you can make a difference. The second thing that we can learn is that, uh, that we have to turn to God and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 24 and 31 says, When they heard the report... All the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. Now this is after we're threatened. 
after the rebellion, you cannot speak of Jesus ever again. They said, we have to listen to what Jesus has commanded us. We cannot do that. We have to. Then they went back to the disciples, to the early church. They came together and prayed. So the very first thing they did is after they came out of prison, they came together and they started to pray. They were looking to Jesus. Amen. So if we want to live a life free from anxiety, we have to look to God. Amen. The first thing that is, they went, came together and prayed. And then it says the whole place shook and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I like this last part. Then they preached the word of God with boldness because of what God did in their life. Because of what God did, they were able to speak in boldness. Amen. And so the thing is, we have to seek God and we know that we can find him. That is the good news. That we don't have to beg God trying to reach God. God is already there and he wants to be close to us. That's why in James 4 verse 8 it says, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. It is a promise that we have in the word of God that when we come to God, he is there waiting for us. So if we are stressed in our life, if we feel anxious in our life, we can come to God knowing that he listens to us. Knowing that he is there, that he wants to be with us, that he has time for us. And that is the best news of it all, isn't it? That we don't have a hope or something, but we have an assurance. We have an assurance that God is there, that he is waiting for us, and that he is right there. You know what? There is a young family here in the church who had some issues and it caused a little bit of stress and fear with the children. So we started to uh, come to their house and have uh, regular meetings and you can see the change in the entire house. The atmosphere changed. Everything just changed because God's presence is there. Amen? That makes all the difference. Now the situation didn't really change that much, but because God's presence is there, everything else falls into place. Amen? And that is something that we can hold on to. You know, Uncle Chris, he, uh, before he had his kidney transplant, he went for dialysis. And I talked to him and I said, you know what, how is it going? He said, oh, it's, it's painful going for dialysis. He's just sitting there for hours and hours. But you know what, he made the best out of it. He listened to worship music. He read the Bible. He prayed. And you know what, you could really see that even though he was going through a difficult time in his life, But he turned it to the good because he turned to God. Amen? And you could really see, and it was such an inspiration just to know, you know what? He's going through such a difficult time, but he never lost focus on God. He never turned away. And that is something I say, you know what? That is so inspirational. That is something where I can say, you know what? That is an example that I want to follow. And the good news is God is there. He's waiting for us. He loves us. And he's just waiting for us to come. Number three, we can learn that we don't have to pray for change, but we have to pray to be changed. Don't pray for change, but pray to be changed. Verse 29, and now, O Lord, that is their prayer, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. So in other words, when they came together for their prayer meeting, They came together and prayed. They did not pray, God, take out the religious leaders. Take care of them. Take them away. Change the situation. 
they came and they prayed, God, give us boldness so that we can preach your word. They did not ask to, for the circumstances in their life to change, but they asked God to change them from the inside out. Amen? And that is something that we can come to God and say, God, you know what? I want to be changed. I don't want to deal with this situation, but God, let me be changed. And I was thinking, you know, how different it is. I wouldn't really pray like that, but they prayed it. If I have financial situation, I would say, God, I need some finances now. Or, God, please change my demon-possessed puppy. <laughs> Or we would say, God, change my kids. Change them. Or we would say, God, take care of my evil boss. Ah, that one you can identify, right? <laughs> take care of my evil boss. Take him out. Give me another boss. Or, God, change my mother-in-law. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Not, I, I, somebody told me that. <laughs> no. You know what? We like to pray, God, change the situation, isn't it? God, take care of what is right in front of us. God, take care of the situation. Bring change. But we hardly ever pray, God, change us. Change us from the inside out. You know what? God has a plan and a purpose right where you are. And God wants to use you right where you are, even if you go through a difficult situation. Maybe God has you there for a purpose to be a light to all the people around it. And just taking you out of the situation doesn't fulfill the purpose. Because God has a purpose for you to shine for him. So instead of asking God to change the situation, we should ask God to change us. So that we can deal with the situation and that we can shine brightly for him in this situation. Amen. You know what? Last time I preached, I talked about uh, the, the Malaysian traffic and how my little demons still come out when somebody's cutting in in front of me. And you know what? After I preached about that, the whole week after that, oh my goodness, I was really tested. <laughs> I thought, man, I shouldn't have preached about it. I shouldn't have mentioned that on the stage. But the whole week there were some, whoo, some people on the road and they were going crazy. But you know what? I had to remind myself, you know what? I was preaching about it, so I better let God work in me. <laughs> But you know what? By the end of the week, I could let go. Now, I'm not sure if I'm already over it, that I have really overcome this. But you know what? I'm better than before. Why? Because I had practice. Because I reminded myself that God can work in us. Amen? And we have to come to a place and say, God, you can work in me. And you can change not only the situation, but you can change me so that I can be the best person in the situation that I, I am in right now. And so God can fulfill the purpose that he has on your life right where you are. And that is the good news, that you will be used by God right where you are, right in the situation that you're in. And the thing is where the Bible says, you know what? Choose peace. Choose peace in your life. And choose to really live out that peace that God has for each and every one of us. Amen? Because God wants us to live a life that is not just, you know, hanging on. Not just barely hanging on. He wants to live us the best life. Amen? And that is a, a life of peace to put away the anxiety, to put away the, the worries, 
and just focus on what he has done for you. Thanking him for all the things that he has done already and all the things that he is about to do in your life. Amen? Can the praise team come this morning, please?